What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. Nick, how you doing, man? The Buffalo Bills just scored 44 points in a game. I'm doing great. That is the most they've ever scored under Sean McDermott, and it came against a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, a Super Bowl, an NFC favorite in the CLC Hawks. Uh, Bills are coming off a great week. It's a good week. How about you? Well, and, and don't forget, your weather's been absolutely gorgeous. This Beautiful. Week. Is it? I thought it was November. What is going on? Up yeah, there? Buffalo set record highs like at least two days in a row. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Tuesday's result yet, but Sunday and Monday were both record highs. Unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm doing good, Nick. Um, to touch on something from last week, though, we talked about Sean McDermott's uh, best wins as a head football coach in this league, mm-hmm. and we did say if they somehow was were to able if they were somehow able to win this game. Against Seattle, this would be their, their 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 number one win. Sean McDermott's number one win after this after what happened Sunday is it their number one win? Yeah, you got. It. I think so. I mean, the Seahawks are the current betting favorite to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl, and the Bills just clowned them, like mm-hmm. destroyed them start to finish with no let up. It was amazing. It was. Unexpected. If you remember our score predictions from last time, I didn't see this coming. Neither did I. It was it was just impressive. They just scored and scored and scored and just never ever made it like never let. Oh, well, I guess there's okay. Maybe one time Seattle got within one possession in the fourth quarter, so it was like a game for a little bit, but it mm-hmm. never even felt like it was out of. I was you know out of hand for the Bills. They kept scoring. It was the most points Seattle had ever allowed in 10 years under Pete Carroll. It was an impressive beatdown. So for me, I'm going to say, yeah, best win for the Bills so far. So far. Yeah, I thought thought it was a a very good win for Buffalo. I thought it was an impressive win. Um, I thought the defense played really, really good. Even though that game got close there towards towards the end, you know, the defense played well. You you can't blame a defense that has four turnovers in a game and say they played bad, right? Um, and surprise, 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 the man who I have been the biggest critic of this season, A.J. Klein, had a huge game. He did. I thought him and Tremaine Edmonds both played their best game of the year. I thought so, too. I thought Tremaine Edmonds played very well as well this week. And, you know, something else. Um, that we mentioned last week was that Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tredavious White were yet to have an interception all season. Poyer and White both come up with big interceptions in that game, uh, and White White almost taking one back to the house. I thought he was going to go, and I was like, I almost laughed a little bit because he like tripped on whatever like the five yard line or whatever. Like, kind of laughed a little bit. Well, what about? Uh, on on John Brown's catch there on the third and sixteen where he he ran it for thirty yards. I don't know if you watch close enough, but Ike when he Bakker was actually kind of, in. What? No, no, no. That you're you're thinking of uh, uh, what's the name of Davis's where he was actually oh, in, where he reached. Oh, the, oh. what, what are you John, talking about? John Brown on the, uh, the quick little one yard pass that he caught and he just took off. If you watch the replay, Ike Bakker like kind of like gave him like a 
little like shove to like kind of get him going, and that little shove is what knocked him over. If he would not have shoved him, he probably would have would have scored a touchdown there. Fantasy yeah. owners all over the place would have been happy. <laughs> That's funny. So but, for you, best win. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're. We we went through the list last week of of what we really thought were the top top wins of the Sean McDermott era, and this is obviously up there. I mean, again, like you said, you 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 beat a Super Bowl contending team, a uh, MVP candidate quarterback, um, a All Pro safety, um, one of the best one and two wide receiver duos in the league. Um, and for the most part kept them in check, you know, DK had a, a few big catches throughout the game, but Tyler Lockett was fairly quiet. Um, but, but you know, DK and Lockett didn't have the type of game, like what they've had here in the past. So, um, I thought it was a huge win, huge win for Buffalo. Um, and definitely some momentum to build in going into this week against Arizona, but, you know, staying on last week a little bit, Nick, is Miami for real? Yeah, man, somebody at work asked me the same thing. They said, you worried about Miami? And I said, I wasn't until this week. I mean, Miami, their defense has been pretty good all year, but the offense has been slowly, you know, coming along. It's always, you know, Fitz magic happens here and there. And Tua's first game, I mean, Tua didn't really play that well. The, the defense and special teams just kind of scored for him. Um, last week, he looked incredible against Arizona. So uh, week 17, I'm just hoping that things are locked up by then. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, I don't even want to talk about Miami. I'm, I'm basking in the glow of this <laughs> winter. Right? Don't, don't bring the Dolphins up in here right now, okay? I want to talk talk to me about the offense, okay? Like, what else did you like about Josh Allen's game? They scored 44 points. I loved it. Like, what did you like? What impressed you? What was there not to like about Josh Allen's game? The guy played the best game of his career. You know, he's the first QB in the Super Bowl era to have 400-plus passing yards, three-plus uh, passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 130-plus uh, pass rate in multiple games a season. Yeah, in, in multiple games in – a season and the people it was like tom brady and drew Brees and like a couple other like hall of famers have done this like you know in one game Mm -hmm. you know in several seasons like throughout their career but never together in in one season season, yep i mean like usually you've been thinking josh allen's like oh he's got some good games he's got you know somewhere kind of doesn't light it up as much but like holy cow like that's amazing like literally that's amazing well, and, 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 and you, you go a little bit further. Josh Allen has two games this year with 400-plus passing yards, three-plus passing TDs, zero interceptions. Do you know how many games the rest of the NFL has with those same stats? Um, I'll say this year, I'll say two. There is one other team who has one game. Who was it? Was it Russ? Yes. Man, I'll be honest with you. The Bills, I was kind of expecting more out of Russ. Like, the Bills blitzed him pretty heavy, and he didn't really make him pay. He seemed like the, the rush was getting to him, and the Bills blitzed their highest blitz percentage of the season, and it worked. Like, I was, you know, you're expecting Russ to come out 
you know, let Russ cook, expect them to light it all up. And the Bills really kept him in check. I know Metcalf had over 100 yards, but he's DK Metcalf. He's a beast, and they threw it to him enough. Lockett, I think, he had four for 40. That was not – they scored 34. Like, that's impressive. Um, and then any other year, we'd be like, holy cow, the defense let up 34. Like, that was the most points the Bills allowed in a win since 2011. So, mm-hmm. But it's crazy. I mean, just the offense was so impressive. We don't even care that the defense gave up 34. No, and and you know what, and and obviously towards the end of the game there, you know the last touchdown is what it is. That was garbage time touchdown. Nothing to really worry about. And I felt like a few of those touchdowns were kind of just like, you know, not necessarily letting them back in the game, but the defense was was playing a little bit more off than what they needed to. And then when they needed to turn it up, obviously I felt like they 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 did a good job of getting back on track. Um, but. My one knock, my one negative on the offense was not being able to turn turnovers into touchdowns. You know, your 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 defense goes out to get you four turnovers, but you're turning those turnovers with good field position into field goals. You gotta find a way to put up six there. You know, you're you're yes, congratulations, you beat one of the best teams in the league one of the favorites for a Super Bowl title this year, but you need to find a way to put six points up on those big drives more often because there was a point in that game where they could have went up 21 to nothing early on, and you go up 21 nothing against any team in, in, in the first half. It's most likely a lock, and I was texting a few people throughout the game, and I said the fact that they had to kick a field goal there and couldn't, get into the end zone is going to really affect this game down the stretch. And sure enough, it really almost did. Um, but they, they, they need to find a way. And I, I thought the red zone offense was a little bit uh, questionable throughout the day too. Just, just, just the play call. I, I, I haven't been happy with the red zone play call lately either. Um, I feel like Dable's trying to get away or has gotten away from what they were successfully doing down there. Um but again, the, that's the one little negative compared to all the great positives that we saw in that in that game on Sunday. That's a good point. The Bills were four for seven in the red zone, which the first time I saw that, I was like, wait, 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 they got in the red zone seven times? Like that's incredible. So only scoring four though, that is that is that's not what you want. Like that's not good as a percentage for, for the NFL. You need to capitalize in the red zone. Tyler Bass, to his credit, did make uh, three field goals in the game. He missed from 61, which would have been the franchise record. So I, I'm not really, not really, you know, knocking him for that one. But he was he was three for three on his other kick. So he seems like he's uh, kind of turned it around some of those early yips. It seems like maybe that that six field goal game turned it around for him a little bit. Got him, got the nerves out there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I almost that's kind of where you wish they would have uh, they would have developed a bit, you know, tight end threat in the red zone where so many teams like they get down there, it's like you know who they're thrown to and you still can't stop it. And the Bills don't have that with a big tight end. So they can step mm-hmm. up bigs. I throw that man every single play. That dude just he's open. Like even when he's not open, he's still open. Like put it near right. him and he'll find a way. So right. I like that about him, but just the fact that he's he's not overly uh intimidating size wise. Like he's not, doesn't have six inches on, on a defender, like a big tight end would. 
Well, and they did under Tyler Bass note real quick on the 61 yard field goal. If that thing was straight, that was in. That yeah, had, the had the leg, which was impressive. You know, th- just the fact that he had the distance on that was was great. Um, I was kind of hoping, it, you know, yes, it would have been great for for it to go in for Buffalo's sake, but I would have liked to see it go in uh, from that distance, just kind of hush hush all the the, the 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 Tyler Bass haters out there right now. Um, but on the other side of the ball, too, man, you, you look at it, yeah. You know, the, the offense had had the ball seven times in the red zone. You know, that's a number of points that you're leaving on the board there where, where you could have really made a huge dent in this game. and The game could have been much, much different than what it was. But you've got to continue to talk about the defense. The defense is – this is this week's defense was not the same defense as, as, as what we have seen in the past. You know, Um for for as much of a bean as this defense has taken without Milano this week, who went on IR, who, which I think is the right move for him. You give him the three weeks, he gets the bye week, um, and then can come back the following week uh, against the Chargers. That that's big to have him back for that. But they did a really good job, I thought, with using Saran Neal, uh, you know, as their nickel DB when they needed to, um, and, and and rotating him through and just really keeping him for the most part on DK when he was in the slot, when they needed to on third downs, it seemed like he was covering DK more on third downs in the slot. Um, more, more, more in the first half, I noticed it because it seemed like they moved DK more to the outside in the second half. They, they were just putting that ball up to him and let them go get it on multiple occasions. But uh, the defense did a good job again, holding Metcalf, holding Lockett. They were combined 11 receptions, 148 yards and one touchdown, you know, you're not going to shut them completely down. There's yeah, no way. They're, for, they're two, for, for the two of them combined, that was about their season average. They're two of the best receivers in the league. You're not going to shut them down completely. So congratulations. You did a good job shutting down probably, in my opinion, the best one-two duo you're going to see all season at this point. I, I mean, do you think there's anyone better that they've played that, you know, I, I don't think so. In terms of, like, receiving duos? Yeah. Um, that they played, you could say Kansas City is out there. That's true. They didn't have Sammy Watkins, though, that game. You know, and, and, and I guess if you want to count Kelsey with Tyreek Hill, understandable, fine. Um, but if, you, if you're looking at purely wide receiver, wide, you know, two, two of the best wide receivers in the game right now, um, you know, I, I don't think so. Pittsburgh, they got Juju. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, you know. Pool. I don't think I don't think Johnson's a, a, a top two receiver yet, or you know, a solid, no. scary number two. No, Claypool's you know. had some huge games for him, but I almost feel like it's because they were covering so busy covering everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I I think this is your toughest wide receiver set you're going to face, and let alone they had a very good tight end too with 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 Greg Olson there too. So. Yeah. I'm going to put um, some love real quick on uh, two receivers I like a lot in the Chargers. I think Keenan Allen is phenomenal, and I think Mike Williams is underrated. I, he, I had him on my fantasy team. He doesn't have the stats yet, but he is, he's, uh, you know, sometimes the talent and the opportunity doesn't match up in fantasy. I think he's he's very good. Dude, I, I would hate to be a Chargers fan right now. They just keep breaking the fans' hearts every single week. <laughs> 
What a game this this past week for 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 the Chargers though. I thought for sure they won the game until they showed the replay. Yeah, I'll tell you, Tyrod Taylor doesn't blow leads. Just saying, he doesn't have too many leads, but he doesn't blow them. But he does. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, and and one thing too, I think we're forgetting to mention is when Josh Allen was drafted, he had two big critics. Right? You you kind of remember the the little jab going on from. Uh, from Adams and Ramsey early on, you know, Adams saying, "Oh, I can't wait to catch to catch balls from my from my new favorite quarterback," right? And yeah. Ramsey saying what he said, saying Josh Allen's trash. So in the two games this year against, uh, you know, in the game against the Seahawks and the game against the Rams, Josh Allen had eight touchdowns in those two games combined, one quote unquote interception. Hmm. Um. He threw for 726 yards in those two games combined. Unbelievable. And and, and I think he's kind of shut up his two biggest haters in the league <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I saw somebody tweeted um, like a, a gif of uh, there's an Oscar the Grouch song from Sesame Street about <laughs> I love trash. And yes. I, saw that. I was like, that is that is a phenomenal reference. Well done. Yeah, you know, I I thought Josh Allen again, very impressive game, very impressive all over. Kudos to Dable as well for kind of coming out and and really throwing uh, the Seahawks off of their game plan. You know, um, Pete Carroll came out later on. Hold on, uh, we, we got to talk about this. This this is the weirdest game plan I've ever heard for a defense. Keep keep going. I'm just so so this maybe upset's not the right word, but just couldn't believe it. If you guys haven't heard, I mean, you definitely got to go find it because I, I was kind of like, really? When I heard it. But Pete Carroll said, and Nick, now, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, not to completely quote, he said that their defensive game plan was going to be to stop the run. He thought they were going to come out and run the ball because that's what they did the week before. And he said, if they were going to run the ball, we had a really good game plan to stop the run. But you don't have a game plan to stop the pass. Yeah. Okay. That blew my mind. Somebody I saw the Seahawks writer tweeted it. And I just quote tweeted. It. I was like, buddy, like, listen, like, <laughs> you, like, I don't, I don't know what kind of tape you were watching, but like, let's see, your pass defense is actual trash. You mm-hmm. guys suck at pass defense. The mm-hmm. Bills trying to throw the ball all over the yard. Haven't had a ton of sense, ton of success uh, running between the tackles here. Like, what did you really think was going to happen? Like Pete Carroll said, uh, I was surprised that they abandoned the run so soon. I really liked my plan if they were going to run. No kidding. Like, do you not think other people like prepare for this? Like, they probably knew that you could stop the run, and they did because the Bills, uh, the Bills rushing was like average under two yards, two yards a rush. I think one point eight yards per rush. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. They like I ugh, just, just that mind-blowingly bad take there from from a really good coach. So I don't I don't know, you know, if he thought he was going to outsmart somebody or, or what. But that was just kind of like hilarious to read that he's like, I really liked our plan if they were going to run a bunch. I'm like, oh really? Well, they <laughs> they looked to throw well, it all didn't. over the place. <laughs> yeah, I think their uh, their scripted plays like a week or two ago was like literally all passes in the first the first like fifteen plays of the game was all passes a week or two ago. <laughs> like I, I don't know what, what they were expecting, but uh 
I don't know, man. If people are not on notice about Josh Allen yet, then, I mean, you could say maybe they should be now, but maybe they, they like it if people don't don't expect this from Josh Allen yet. Like, sure, keep doubting us. Keep keep trying to stop the stop the run. Be worried about Zach Moss, and we'll throw for 400 yards. That's fine. Well, and and I'm the fact that, and I and 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 the 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 Seahawks ran a little bit more. They had a little bit more success running the ball uh, than Buffalo they had. They had three point four yards of carry against the Bills. That's not too good. Not not a ton, but the fact that Seattle still ended up with four hundred and nineteen yards that game, and had four turnovers, is crazy to me. Yeah, Russ. I mean. The Bills give up 390 passing yards to Russell Wilson, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. They were out of it. Doesn't matter. It's like, right. it's, like it's, it's such a weird thing to think about. Any like just that volume, we would be so worried if 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 the Bills lost 34 to 24, and those were Wilson's stats. Would be like, this defense sucks, and then the Bills right. actually outscored them by 10, so losing by 10, like. Yeah, you know they were trailing. They had to throw. They're pretty good too. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's it's just, it's just funny to me. So I'm, I don't know. Should we be more worried that uh, you know they allowed 390 passing yards in, in all this offense? Is that a concern for you against a good team, great team? Yes and no. Because again, you know how much of that was. Hey, we're up by 21. We're up by 14 late in the game. You know, we're playing prevent defense. We're playing off a little more. They're giving them the short stuff. Um, you know, it, it all depends. I haven't had time yet to really go back and look at the all 22. So I, I really can't see how they got, got up to 390 passing yards. Um, but it's something I want to dig into a little bit deeper because I'm curious to see how they got there because it sure as heck didn't seem like they made it that high on, on, on in the passing game to 390 yards. But, you know, when, when you looked at the box scores, actually like, Oh yeah. A couple long really? ones too. Yeah. Yeah. A couple long ones. Um, obviously the long one to DK down the sideline, uh, beautiful catch. And then obviously the one where he ran over Tredavious white, which, um, you know, was not as bad as <laughs> the Josh, Josh Norman's, but it, 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 he just got ran over in like unspectacular fashion. So no one cared. Right. Can, what about the hit? Speaking of hits heard around the world, what about the hit early on in the, I believe it was the second quarter, or maybe after the second touchdown, when Daryl Johnson just laid out the Seahawks kick returner? Like, Daryl Johnson had some speed coming down the field and just bowled over his guy. I yeah, don't know if you saw it. Or, uh, yeah, it you was, never could uh, hear it. Yeah, you could hear it, and it was was that the play that I was thinking that you know it was like this is one of the rare times where it's cool to not have fans because you can just hear like everything on the yeah. field, like how hyped yeah. up people are, like the pads smack. Like man, that that's gonna make some kids like at home not want to return kicks in their life when you hear that, and then no, all the dudes got- are all so hyped up, and like it was. When it happens for your team, like you're pretty hyped about it, but if it yeah. happened against you, you just be like, "Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not gonna put myself through that. No thanks." Yeah, I thought it was a great hit. Like, um, even the announcers said it, and I saw a few people tweet it out. Oh my god, what a hit! Um, really good hit. Just had to yeah. give Daryl Johnson. Didn't seem like the guy there. got hurt, which is like the best part because somebody gets hurt, then you're like, "God oh, damn!" 
Right, right. Um, but yeah, you know, back to your point with the defense. No, I'm not worried. The defense did get four turnovers. Um, but I'm curious to see what they're going to do coming out this week against a good Arizona team. You know, obviously your game plan changes. You have a very mobile quarterback who may be one of the faster quarterbacks in the league. Um, I do feel like Leslie Frazier has done a good job in the past with mobile quarterbacks. I felt like last year they did a good job keeping Lamar Jackson for the most part in the pocket and forcing him to throw the ball. Um, and I feel like if you can force Kyler Murray to throw the ball from the pocket, your defense should be able to create turnovers and should be able to, to win this game as well. Um, I don't know though, man, I I'd still be happy at the end of the week. You know, if we get on here next week and, and the bills are seven and three at their bye week, I don't hate it. You know, if, if you would have told me going into the year, the bills are going to be seven and three at their bye week, I would have told you you're a moron. There's no way that they're going to be seven and three. Maybe, maybe have four losses. You know, look, look at their schedule early on. Obviously, we know how the season has played out, but we'll see what happens. This week's going to be a much different game. The schedule is going to be, or the the game plan is going to be much different. Is it really? I, you think? I think. I like, think so. It could be like the Cardinals are like somewhat similar to the the Seahawks in terms of you know mobile quarterback with a huge arm, got some talent at receiver. And the defense is going to try to hang in there. I think Arizona's defense is definitely a step above above Seattle's, and they're maybe somewhat more complete of a team in that they don't just rely on on their quarterback. But I think there's a lot of similarities there. They, I think they have a better running game. You know, obviously Arizona had their top two running backs out, understandable. But I'm sorry, not Arizona. Uh, uh, Seattle had their top two running backs out. This week for Arizona, you got to worry about Chase Edmonds, who has the ability to have, you know, one or two real big games. He's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, and I don't know if Kenyon Drake is back this week or not. I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I have not seen official yet. But you do have, you always got to worry about Kenyon Drake as well. He was always kind of a pain in Buffalo's side when he was in Miami. Um, so we'll see what happens. And obviously it's the, the Jordan Phillips uh, – uh, homecoming game for, uh, I guess you could say homecoming, even though we're going to Arizona. But uh, that'll be fun to watch, see how he plays against his former team and his former uh, offensive line mates that he went up against so many times in practice. Um, but at the same time, speaking of the O-line, they got to find a way to stay healthy. They obviously got banged up. Nothing looked too serious from – what our buddy uh, banged up Bills was tweeting out during the game and after the game, nothing seems too serious for the for the defensive line. They just need to find a way to stay healthy and keep their quarterback upright. I felt like a few of the sacks that Seattle had weren't necessarily on the offensive line. I felt like Josh Allen tried to do something and get out of the pocket uh, and just got tripped up a little bit. Did a good job of avoiding the sacks, get you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, eluding the pressure. Um, but he he did take a few shots in that game where you're just like, man, the offensive line has to block. The offensive line has to give him something. Yeah, I thought um, they, they've been much better in pass protection lately. Run run blocking still a work in progress, but the, the uh, time for Josh to throw, I thought lately at least has generally been better. He had all day in the first half. The second half, I felt like the pressure changed from Seattle's side. But the first half, he had all day to throw. So if we can get more of the first half offensive line 
this week all game, that'd be great. Yeah, they were. It seemed like they were sending the blitz at him fairly regularly, and he kept beating it. Yeah, and and it's funny because you say that about Josh Allen, and you look at Russell Wilson, who again Buffalo sending the blitz pretty often at uh, at uh, 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 Russell Wilson, and he had trouble this week. It, it was a very un Russell Wilson game. Yeah, he threw for 390. Sounds like Russ. Okay, four turnovers. <laughs> yeah, that part was un, un-Wilson-like. So so let me ask you this then, Nick. MVP race, is Russell Wilson still in the MVP talks right now? Or does that game with his two interceptions uh, you know, and fumbles, does that take him out of, of MVP contention? Huh, I don't think it takes him – out. I don't think one game, one bad game is going to take him out. I think he still had a very good year. He was definitely would have said he was the favorite entering the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there's someone who's so obviously replacing him for the favorite yet. So, like, who would you, who else would you have had in contention? I know everyone in Buffalo can say Josh Allen's in contention. So, I will give you that. Give me, like, who else would you? So, well, hold on. Before, before you get there, before you just give it. In your opinion, obviously, again, you can't make or break the list with one game. But Josh has had multiple good games. He is He's doing things that no other receivers have done in the, the league this season. Is Josh Allen a MVP candidate? Candidate, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I don't think he's the favorite. Like, I'm, I'm with no, you. I don't think he's the favorite. After September, you could have said he was you know, neck and neck with Russell Wilson. And then October kind of slowed down a little bit. And then he mm-hmm. – you know, lit it up again last week. So he's in contention. I, I don't think he's n- close to number one right now. I still, I'm still going Russ number one. Who are you putting in number two? I would say. I mean, you got to always consider Mahomes. Mahomes is up there. Uh, yeah, Mahomes. Um, um, if you had to pick a non quarterback, you'd probably take Derrick Henry. Probably Derrick Henry. Kamara. Elvin Kamara had a crazy uh, year. Delvin Cook is having a hell of a year, too. Ooh, that's true. You he's can't forget about Delvin Cook. The last two games. Yep. Um, 200 some yards rushing this week. Yeah. Earlier yeah. in the year, I might have thought Rodgers was, was having a comeback year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think, uh, to me, Rodgers isn't in the conversation this year. Okay. But that, that's uh, just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That was earlier. Dak Prescott, honestly, before that injured, should have been in it in contention. Um, and who else? I mean, I'm sure there's some people who are going to think. Tom Brady is uh, no. before last week at least was in contention. Because right. if you're right. gonna take if you're gonna take Russell yeah. Wilson out of number one spot for for what happened last week, then you're gonna take Tom Brady out of contention. Right, right, yeah. I'm not week. saying I would put him there. I'd say I'm sure other people would. Maybe maybe some of our former guests would have Tom Brady maybe. in number one spot. <laughs> maybe maybe I don't know. But in all honesty, no. I I mean you you think the top to me the top three right now are. Russ, I'm not, and, and I'm not giving you any order because I, I really don't know what order it would be in. But Russ, Mahomes, um, and I think Allen, if you're talking quarterbacks, right? Like those are really your top three quarterbacks this year in the league. Maybe Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's secretly having a, a, a pretty decent year. Their offense is fairly good in Atlanta. Yeah, if you're a quarterback, I feel, like, I feel like your team has the winner. They just don't vote for you. That's exactly how I feel as well. And, um, I mean, he he he's he's another guy though. He's putting up good numbers. 
Um, but Josh Allen, I feel like has to be in the top three conversation. And then outside of quarterbacks, like you said, you look at Derrick Henry and you look at, uh, Elvin, or, I'm sorry, uh, uh Delvin cook. Um, yeah, you know, I think there, there's your top five right now. In there too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you put, so, so there's your top five, top six, um, you know, really if your candidates right now, we'll see if anything really changes. Um, do you put Stefan Diggs on that list by any chance? I mean, he's I was, not I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you too about Metcalf. So Diggs, I mean, the Bills have never had a receiver lead the NFL in yards or receptions, right? Mm-hmm. And right now, mm-hmm. Diggs is leading the NFL in both categories. Right. So we'll see if that holds up once the Bills have their bye week. But man, he's been incredible. And like we were, I think we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, um, if, if you were ranking the, the best receivers in the league, I think there's a you know at least two or three guys you'd probably still have to put over Diggs right now. But it's it's such a it's such a um you gotta have the right situation, right? Like you gotta right. have the quarterback and the receiver paired together, working right. and firing on all cylinders. And Allen and Diggs are hitting on that right now. So you could say that there's are people who are more talented. Like I think. I was saying Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, you got to put our one and two for me, and you got to have Michael Thomas in there. You know, he's banged up mm-hmm. right now, but, like, he's the talent level. And Diggs is performing better than all of them right now. So is mm-hmm. he – Is he? I don't know. I mean, if you gave me betting odds and he was, I don't know, plus something crazy, plus 2,000, you know, I might put a little bit on it and just, just take a shot, but – I don't know. I feel like it's so hard for a receiver to like win awards like that just because of the position. That it almost always goes to quarterbacks or running backs. Well, let me ask you this question. How you being a media guy, how does the media view receivers, right? Do you look, do you judge a receiver, you know, by receptions and yards or are you judging a receiver by the touchdowns they put up? Because you, you, you brought up a guy like a DK Metcalf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DK's having a, a really good year. Uh, and 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 you you look at a guy like uh, uh, Stefan Diggs, Diggs again leading the league in 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 yards, leading the league in receptions. Um, but he only has three touchdowns this year. So where do you feel like that puts, um, you know, what would put him on the list? Whereas you you look at a guy like a DK Metcalf, DK's got eight touchdowns through eight games this year. Yeah, so, so honestly, what I've what I've heard about, or what I've heard people say about receivers, is that no matter how good they are, they still only touch the ball on like maybe fifteen plays on a crazy day, mm-hmm. and and I I sort of disagree with that line of thought because even if you're not getting the ball, you're still commanding different coverages, you're still like influencing the defense, and you still have an impact on the game even when the ball doesn't come your way. Right. But I do I do see their point and it's it's just it's hard because there's a position on the team who generally has success when the receiver has success that is just so much more important than any other position. So if you right. have a good receiver, right. you generally also have a good quarterback, and a good quarterback is so much more valuable than a good receiver. So right. if somebody's good, they usually go hand in hand. Like any Almost in NFL history, any good receiver had like a really good quarterback with them. I mean, who mm-hmm. tell me one who didn't? I'm thinking, I mean, honestly, Larry Fitzgerald is amazing. Like the quarterbacks he's had out there, like amazing. Um, and I know he had he had 
you know, Kurt Warner for a bunch of years there who was good, but he's Carson had, Palmer. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the last, what, five years of Cardinals quarterbacks have been just not good. And he still, <laughs> he did. still puts up. They did, they did have their hat in the Sam Bradford ring for a while. You're proving my point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I totally get re- hear where you're coming from there. But, you know, I always feel you look at a guy and a guy like Stephon Diggs who it's not just that his, his, he's leading the league in receptions and yards. His, reception and, and his receptions and yards are game changers at times. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of receivers out there who are very good at catching the ball and really good at saying, hey, I'm just going to throw it up and give it to you, and you just go up and get it. Stephon Diggs is just getting open, and he's getting open in the short field, and he's getting that rack yardage right after, and he's taking off. And, yes, that's that's how he's gaining so many yards in, 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 in receptions. But to me – that makes a great receiver, a guy who who can pick up the rack, or, or, or uh, uh, yak, the the yak yards. Thank you. Uh, can pick up the yak yards and just continue to uh, week after week put up hundred yard gains. It's just ridiculous. He had that one catch this week where you're watching the replay. He comes to a complete stop. Goes makes a quick move of the line of scrimmage. Complete stop. And then all of a sudden he gets a burst and takes off wide open. He picks up another 20 yards. There's not many other receivers in the league that could do that, if any. So I, I feel like he's he may get overlooked for, for, for any kind of award, award this year because he's in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to get snubbed for something here or there because of a guy like a Metcalf that's really good at just saying, hey, I'm, I'm in Seattle. I play with Russell Wilson and you know, I am just a freak human being. Um, but I do think that uh, uh, Stefan Diggs needs to be in the, in the conversation here with the top receivers in the league, if not mm-hmm. being in the conversation of being the best receiver in the league. All right, I just looked this up while you were talking. Do you know who the last receiver was to win the MVP award? No. That's because it's never happened. <laughs> So well, there you go. So most likely, so most likely, happened. Stephon Diggs won't won't, won't win uh, the MVP, but maybe he wins Best Receiver of the Year. You know, you would think so. Maybe Offensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, uh, but that's hard to say. Again, like you said, it, it, those type of things aren't aren't really awarded often to receivers because the receiver is going going to be as good as the quarterback is. So you really got to look that route. Um, Another crazy stat for you from that game. I, the, this game was just this week full of crazy stats. Uh, two things. So, one, Jerry Hughes had his 50th sack as a Bill. Uh, actually, it's 50 and a half. Um, and he is now third. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it was his third career um, three-sack game. So, our three-game sack streak. So, he's a, he had a sack in each of the last three games. So good for Jerry Hughes. He's had a very good year. I feel like career, he's kind of been high streak, right? Yes, career high streak. Um, and then this one blew me away. Seven different Bills receivers had a reception of twenty yards or more on Sunday. It's insane. Never happened before. They had four twenty plus twenty plus yard catches total 
in their previous four games. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy, crazy, crazy stat. Josh Allen did a great job moving the ball around this week and finding his guys, you know, whether it was Cole Beasley, whether it was, you know, against Devon Diggs, John Brown had, had some really nice catches, the beautiful touchdown pass on the first drive to Isaiah McKenzie, who we mentioned on the podcast last week, they need to find a way to get him involved. That's not the way I thought that they were going to get him involved, but uh, it worked out just fine. And sh- huge shout out too. We we can't forget this whole the, the whole first drive and the whole I felt like the whole first quarter momentum swung early with the huge return by Andre Roberts. Oh, dude, started him off on an incredible footing. Like Seattle was sleepwalking off the bus and just never never woke up. The Bills hit him in the mouth before they had a chance to like. Get you know settle it, and that was great. Yeah, they they and, and and you go back and you look right. You look at um the game against Tennessee, where the first drive you get that big interception, completely swung momentum early, and I felt like that was a huge early momentum swing, just to really get the defense hyped up. Short field position, go out, do what you got to do, get six points, move on. Defense does a good job getting off the field. Um, so kudos all around to the bills. I'm going to be curious to see what they do this week with Arizona. Again, the offensive play call, I feel like is going to be a lot different than what we saw this week. I don't think Josh Allen's going to throw the ball like what he did all over Arizona. Um, you know, Bubba Baker's a dangerous safety back there. One guy you always got to worry about. Um, and they got some good linebackers too, and a, and a really good defensive front. So, um, I feel like this week's going to be a much different game than, than what we saw last week. All right, man. So we, uh, we have a reader question to get to this week. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to send, send it back to you first. Give me your main, your final overarching takeaway from this game and I'll give you mine and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, so it was the first game I felt where, where we could really say the bills executed in all three phases, special teams played well. Um, Offense played very well. Defense played great. Um, and, again, that's what they need to continue to do. We said it, too, last week on the podcast that the one big key to victory last week was getting turnovers, one thing that the defense has not been able to do for for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they were able to do that, and they got turnovers from their big players and their not-so-big players in an A.J. Klein. So they need to continue to do that. They need to continue to build on this game with their offense, uh, with, with their defense, you know, the defense needs to continue to take that next step because if this defense can get another win this week uh, and continue to grow on what they did against Seattle, go into your bye week and come back healthy. I think, I think you're talking about maybe a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see that, that, that in all honesty, maybe I'm being just a fan and, and being over, uh, overexcited right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, if if your defense can have another game like what they had last week against another very good offense, um, and you come back healthy, and they continue to have these good games, who's going to stop them? I, P- Pittsburgh showed this week they're a beatable team, Nick. Yeah, so I saw you take- one of the ESPN guys they they asked them who's going to beat Pittsburgh, and they were picking mm-hmm. Buffalo to do it. Pittsburgh's a beatable team. At any given Sunday, anyone's beatable in this league. You know, it, it's it's 
So anything can happen any week. But Buffalo looks good. This was a huge I felt positive for a lot of a lot of the, the, the fans. You know, I felt like they took a lot away from this and can kind of look back on this game and be like, Oh, maybe we are a good team. Maybe I was overreacting when the team only uh you know did, did when the team had had to kick six field goals to beat the, the New York Jets. But and the other thing too, then we'll get to your point. I'm sorry, I'm babbling on here, Nick. Um, the other thing we mentioned too was the weather and how bad the weather's been all, you know, of, 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 of really the last few games where they haven't played so great. Weather's been an issue. Weather was beautiful this week. Hey, you know, there's yeah. always good weather inside a dome in the Super Bowl. <laughs> not, not always. <laughs> don't, don't you remember the, the, was it the yeah, Saints? Yeah, because it rained. Saints go. Rain. There was like a monsoon. Yeah. Wait, this year's Super Bowl is where? Is it Tampa? It's in Tampa, and they're going to have they fans. They have an open stadium, pods. right? Yep. Huh. There's fans in your pods. But with how well the Bills play in the nice weather, you may be able to twist my arm for a dome. Still not uh, a fan of the dome. But. <laughs> All right. So here, here's here's my take. Maybe equally hot. I'm uh, I want to ask you, do you. I'm assuming you had this experience because I felt like I had it every single time the Bills would play the Patriots and you'd watch Tom Brady and Tom Brady would just seem to have some dude wide the bleep open <laughs> every play. It was amazing. Just like without fail, he was so good. He knew the plays. He could read the defense. He knew how to go through the progressions. If there was someone open, he was going to find them, and it would just look so easy. And it wouldn't be like, oh, here's here's the check down. I'm going to hope he catches it. It'd be, mm-hmm. oh, here's the guy in the sideline, 12 yards downfield. No one's covering. Just always, just always. And it was so frustrating. And that's what Josh Allen reminded me of last week. Did you not say? Saying, hold, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Stop. I'm not saying he looked like Tom Brady. I'm saying okay, okay. he had a quality that was reminiscent of Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Okay, and maybe you can say, "Well, gee, that means Seattle's defense is freaking atrocious." And you would be right. We gotta, you know, hedge a little bit here. But that's really what it felt like. Josh Allen drops back. Oh, they're blitzing. Oh, he's reading the blitz. This guy, boom, catch, catch. It looked easy. And you said earlier, seven guys had a catch of 20 more yards? That's ridiculous. Because And that's what it looked like. Hey, here's a guy. Wide open. Boom. We need 12 yards? Boom. We need, oh, we're going to call a screen at the perfect time? Boom. Got it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That, that was my biggest takeaway. Josh Allen looked so in control. And I know I, ugh, I wish – I want to see it again because I want to see it against a better team. But, like, even against a bad team, this was just such an impressive day. So the Bills are 7-2 and two for the first time since 1993. Josh Allen was born in 1996. This is the best start of Josh Allen's lifetime, and we are here for it. For what it's worth, Nick, um, just kind of looking at some, some stats real quick. Uh, the Seahawks obviously have the worst pass defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they've allowed 16 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. Um, 
they're on pace to set like the NFL record for yards allowed by like a thousand, I think. They have two thousand eight hundred ninety-seven yards. Which I mean, Atlanta's not far behind. Atlanta's got two thousand seven hundred ninety-three. You know what I mean? But even oh, you're Jets, talking just passing, just passing yards. Oh, okay, just talking passing yards right now. Um, the Jets are 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 third, and they're fairly far behind. I mean, that just shows you how really how bad the Seahawks defense is, which is crazy to think for how good their offense is mm-hmm. at, at, at multiple times. But Arizona, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a different team. Arizona again has a better defense. They're right on par with about where Kansas City is and what the Chiefs are doing. Um, so a team that Buffalo's already seen, they're a little uh, better than what Miami is. Who Buffalo had a very, you know, Josh Allen had a good game against Miami early on, and Miami's defense is getting better. Um, so we'll we'll see how again how Josh Allen comes out this week. See what their plan is. You know, each week Dable's done a very good job of coming up with a plan, and this week's going to be more of the same. Go out, execute. They did a good job executing on the game plan last week, which was just pass till Josh Allen's arm fell, fell off. Um, maybe next week it's 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 run till Zach Moss and Devin Singletary can't walk back to the locker room. You know, who knows? It, it's it's going to be a. I feel like we're going to be in for a fun one. I I don't. Uh, uh, before we get into the fan questions, Nick, do you have a prediction for next week? Um, my prediction is let Josh Allen cook. All right? Forget let Josh, cook. Let Josh cook, okay? I don't want to see the running backs being too sore from the hits, all right? I want to see Josh Allen shred the Cardinals, okay? That's what I want to see. My prediction – yeah, go ahead. Do you have a Josh Allen nickname? Uh, Josh. I don't know. No one has no, dude. The way he runs, Josh the Stallion, Joshua the Stallion Allen. That's my. That's that's what I got. Want to take him on a date? I don't know, dude. I mean, hey, (laughs) man, man crush. What are we? Tuesday, man crush Tuesday. It's man crush Monday. That's man crush. Whatever it is, you know we're. We're 30. It changes for us. We're not all, all hip on the social media train anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Josh the Stallion, man. Are you saying that you, this is a thing you've seen or you're trying to start this? I'm trying to uh, get it started. Let's go. No, I haven't seen anything better. Have you? I mean, I just call him Josh. Like, that That works for me. This, the, the whole team just hops on and the Stallion just takes him to victory, man. <laughs> Interesting. All right, we'll see. Well, I think there's something there. I think I think it needs a little workshopping still. Yeah, we're we're on the right track. And we're also, track. Sh- shout out to I don't know if you heard it on the TV. I, I heard it. Uh, the I believe it was the first fumble, the Jerry Hughes forced fumble on Russell Wilson. Um, shout out to whoever is running the music. Yeah, Bill Stadium. Yes, for playing Sierra's one two step. For those who don't know, Sierra. The singer is Russell Wilson's wife, which I feel like everyone should know that by now. But in case you don't know, the more you know. Um, I thought that was a great little. Yes. Hey, Russ. Yeah. Uh, my you. brother actually asked me to stop the game and, and remind me. He thought he heard another <laughs> Sierra song too. I'm like, I'm like, I hear it, but like, you know, it's not coming through enough to do a video to tweet out. But yeah. Well done, whoever that was. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we got fan re- questions. This question is for you. 
because uh, you are generally an AJ Klein hater, appropriately. <laughs> uh, question uh, from, from another guy named Josh. He says, is AJ Klein a one-week wonder or an improving player who will continue to make an impact? You know, McDermott said before that he, he thinks AJ Klein's played good. Now, I think we can all admit that was probably coach talk, right? He, McDermott's never one to call out his players mm-hmm. to the media, good or bad. Because um, and we've seen some 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 bad stuff go down, and him still give them praise. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Like obviously, it was a huge huge game for AJ Klein. Nobody saw that game coming. And even just thinking about it, still just I'm like, really, AJ Klein, really? Um, even on the forced fumble that he had, I'm like, wait. AJ Klein got to the quarterback. I wasn't even surprised that he made it into the quarterback. Um, we'll have to see. I think AJ Klein's going to play about as good as Tremaine Edmonds can play. If Tremaine Edmonds has another big game, I think you could expect another big game from AJ mm. Klein. Because okay. I feel like a, a lot of the attention is going to go towards Tremaine Edmonds before they send a lot of that attention to AJ Klein. And that's going to allow AJ Klein to maybe sneak in off the, off the edge a little bit. Um, Maybe drop back into into pass coverage. Obviously, we, we know that's not where his strengths are, but he may be able to make a few big plays this, this week again. I don't know if it's going to be a game-changing QB hit fumble. I don't think any of anyone on this team can keep up with Kyler Murray, but maybe he's the guy that's inspired this week. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be, a, a, like I said, it's going to be a totally different game than what we saw last week. And... uh if he has another big game, I, I, you, you can hear it here first. I will not talk bad about AJ Klein again. Okay. By the way, I totally never gave you a prediction. I'm gonna say Bills, thirty-one, Cardinals, twenty-seven. Wow. So you're taking Buffalo to win. You're taking them to go eight and two into the bye week. Yep. That's a big prediction, man. Big prediction. Um. I'm going to go the opposite on this, unfortunately. Uh, I just think Arizona with Kyler Murray with his legs worries me a little bit. Um, don't and, and with the defense being so up and down this year, we don't know what defense Buffalo's going to have. Um, and with no Matt Milano, I feel like this is a hu- this would be a huge Matt Milano game because if anyone can w- w- would be able to spy against Kyler Murray, Matt Milano would be that guy. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to, you know, maybe a late minute, you know, a, a, a late, late touchdown or a late field goal or something. Um, but I'm going to go with Arizona in this game, 28-27. All right, something I'm excited. I'm excited to see an extended version of Kyler because Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen him yet, he is so much fun to watch. I think when Josh Allen is a good running quarterback, but he's good at it because he's opportunistic and he's huge and he's faster than you think. When you watch Kyler Murray run, he reminds me of watching uh, like Roadrunner cartoons. Like he is, he's small, but like he turns on the jets in the blink of an eye and he just zooms past people. And I'm hoping, I mean, I know everyone listening to this is hoping he doesn't zoom past too many Bills defenders. But there's going to be a moment where you're, you're going to look at your, your TV and just say, "Did I? Did I just see that? Did that? That just happen? How, like that? It doesn't look human. Like it's so 
so quick. Just the burst is incredible. And you at least got to appreciate like the feat of athleticism when he does it. He's quick, but is he, is he Daniel Jones quick? Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> um, but no, you know, the, the, there's a reason why you and I do this show together, do this podcast together and, and, and are best friends because you totally read my mind. I was going to say if Josh Allen's the stallion, then uh, Kyler Murray is the roadrunner the way he runs and with the speed. Uh, dude's just quick. He's kind of like uh, kind of like a big wheel, I guess you could say too. If you watch him, it takes him a good three, four, five steps to really get going, you know. But once he gets going, once he gets that ground under him, he's gone. Dude, you know, legs are just a blur, like like red right, runner. right. I mean, it also helps that his legs are like you know <laughs> three feet tall, but <laughs> you know that that that's kind of. I feel like why his legs look like they're going so fast because they're so low to the ground. But, um, yeah, man, the, if they can keep him in the pocket and force him to have to throw in the pocket too, I feel like that's going to be huge. Um, Is three feet tall for legs? I mean, I'm how – I'm trying to think. I don't know if you're – Five foot four? I know, but, like, are people, like, half leg normally? Like, I mean, how big's your torso? Five four. I don't know. I was – I would have just guessed it was half without really knowing. I mean – Close to half, I, I, I may, maybe a little bit more. I'm fairly sure know. him and my wife are like the same size, like <laughs> well, like height wise. Let's look up like how uh, he's five ten. All right, he's not that short. He's short for like he looks so dude. He looks so much yeah, shorter on TV. Like six six five ten looks pretty short. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I felt like Doug Flutie looked taller on TV than Kyler Murray does. And Kyler Murray, and, and Doug Flutie was shorter than, than 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 Kyler Murray, if not the same height. I don't know. Yeah, Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray's never going to be Doug Flutie. Yeah. I can only wish to look to the Doug Flutie height. <laughs> but I know, it's, it's going to be a fun one. That's 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 what I'm looking forward to. Like they're Bills Jets are like uh, I guess we'll watch it. They should win. Bills Cardinals is going to be fun. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think it's going to be another fun one. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'll take seven and three going into the bye. I'm not not mad about that. Rest up, get healthy for the Chargers coming to town, get a dub, and get ready for the Steelers because that's that's the next big game circled on the list, um, and that's going to be a huge game. That 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 could technically, if, if Buffalo could win this week, mm-hmm. right? That game could potentially be the difference in. A bye week or not? Yeah. Uh, if if Buffalo's in 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 that game at nine and two, it's a huge game, no doubt about it. Um, but I I actually Nick, I have a question for you. I have a fan question for you. Okay. So this one uh, comes from Chris. Chris wants to know. Thanks for listening, Chris. Chris wants to know. Did we watch Sabres Embedded? I did watch Sabres Embedded. What are you, you talking did? about with with um with the Hall? We were talking about the Tyler Hall episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Taylor Hall. That was a very good episode of Embedded. Yes, that was. I didn't realize. Like, first of all, the fact that the Pagulas or Terry Pagula was like, if we get this guy, you know, we're not just contending. Like, you know, we're we're not just trying to make the playoffs. Like, we're contending contending for the for a cup. And I'm like, yeah, 
you're missing some pieces still, man. <laughs> that's that's so funny that you said because no, like that that was my biggest takeaway from the whole thing was like this is incredible access. Really happy that the team put this out, and but then you like you gotta anything the team puts out is also like sending sending out the team message, right? Mm-hmm. And so the team didn't have to put this out, but they chose to include scenes with Terry Pegula saying if we make this move like we're really going for it this year so right. the the bar has been set by of all people the owner okay mm-hmm. ah, man they need <laughs> they're not they're not a stanley cup contender like as currently assembled so they're not they they they, they, they look to... like they they could be a playoff team and they yes. like i like right now i would peg them for seated to be seated like six through eighth like there's still a chance this roster misses the playoffs. Like there's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance. I I think I wouldn't say they're a lock for playoffs, but I think they're a playoff team this year. Um, there's just been so many glimpses over the last two years of them making runs and going on these crazy win streaks and being in first place in the, in the league for X amount of time. That yeah, you know there was that one piece that was missing because they were not able to produce any kind of offense. I won't be surprised if we see this team winning games, you know, five three, five four, night in, night out. You mean because they can't stop anybody from scoring? I, I, their defense isn't that good, <laughs> you know. And and if your defense isn't good, your goalie's only going to be about as good as your defense. And Allmark, I like Allmark. I, I believe he's going to come in and be the number one this year. But yeah, they're missing. That doesn't scream Stanley Cup contender to me. No, it doesn't. That's why I was so shocked at the fact that Terry Bagula came on saying, "Oh, oh, we're we're we we could compete for a cup if we sign this guy." Yeah, but if you're a GM, that is like exactly the words you want to hear because your next line is, "You know what? You're right. We need to spend more money." <laughs> like, right. But, you want to win the cup? Cool. Like, fork over some money in there, and and for them to have a a, a cap, yeah, that they were. They went obviously busted that. Stupid. Yeah. Um, one more question for you from Chris as well. He had a two part question. Well, um, Chris, okay, keep going. <laughs> it's got a lot. Uh, what is our thoughts on the uh, Adidas reverse retro jerseys, and what do we think the Sabres Ooh. jersey will look like? So, if you haven't seen it on Twitter, NHL. Uh, Tweeted out, I believe they did it on the Facebook and their Instagram as well through Adidas. Uh, these reverse retro. Now, some of them have already come out. If you look at the videos and you've seen what teams have already released uh, jerseys going into the season, uh, I know San Jose is doing the old Seals jerseys, and they showed a what looked like a Seals jersey in there. The only jersey in there that looked like a Sabres jersey was a white jersey. With blue on the shoulders, um, and yellow, blue numbers with yellow piping around the numbers, mm-hmm. and it was a d- double zero. Now, from what I have figured out, from what I've read, what I've seen, the jersey themselves, as they're showing the jerseys, that is the year that they're doing their reverse retro to. So the Bills was double zero. So I'm assuming two thousands. Right, like they're not going back to like the Bills or the Sabers. The Sabers, I'm sorry, the Sabers. So, so, so I'm assuming they're talking about the 2000s. 
the save the only new Sabres jersey that came out in the year two thousand was the red jersey with the circle and the swords. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Could they just be going that route, which isn't much different really from what they're doing now? And if they're sticking with similar colors and they're doing a reverse retro, Nick, could they be going to the red and black logo? You are you are yeah. speaking to to my heart right here. I will like before you even brought up the red. Like I'm gonna say, if you want my own opinion, I think they should go to red and black. I see you're not in Buffalo right now, but uh, one Seneca Tower has been painted red and black, and every time I see it. Every time I see it, I'm like, that's just a sign that the Sabres should go to red and black too. Like, yeah, I got to match the top. Like, it's great. Those jerseys were great. The Sabres won in them. Like, you have good memories associated with that. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm expecting a white jersey here. I'm expecting it. Like, so am I. Yeah. So, but what I think what's cool about the reverse retros is that the when we say reverse retro, it really just means you're taking a jersey and just you know flipping the color scheme around. So if it was a you know a yellow or a blue, you're you're taking that and and putting white where blue was, and, and the blue's going where the white was. So you're, you're just same exact colors, and you're just switching them on the jersey. And the color scheme that the Sabers have with, with the new Royals pops really well already. And that, that's honestly, that's the biggest part, right? If you got the good ingredients, it's pretty hard to, to mess up a cool-looking hockey jersey. So mm-hmm. when you think of the ones that, that they missed on, it's honestly because the colors sucked, all right? Like the turd burger right. was just like, how many different colors of yellow can you, like, throw on a jersey and, like, not cute <laughs> when you look at it? I don't right. know. Right. And it just it just looked terrible. But when you have I, I don't know what you know I should I shouldn't have said maybe the the new royal because what I don't know what color they're gonna go retro to. But any of those colors all pop with each other. So whatever they do, I think it's gonna look sick. I think it would be awesome to see the red and black logo, the goat head, with the new colors, the royal and yellow, a blue and gold goat head. I have seen, now that you mentioned it, I was when I like saying those words, I was like repulsed by that. And then I saw somebody like tweeted out like a concept like a year ago and mm-hmm. I actually didn't hate it. So I was initially no. like, what the, are you kidding? But once I saw it, I was like, all right, that, that works. That works. That logo was much better than the, the, whatever the charging Buffalo logo, whatever the hell it was supposed to be. Dude, all right. The goat head, when I was, when I was younger, I didn't, uh, realized that it was supposed to be charging at you, and I thought that was just like part of the goat's mane or something. And then, like, I'm talking years of my life before I realized this, and then I realized, I'm like, wait, that's stupid. I don't want a goat head charging at me. I thought this was like a like a 2D head. No, 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 it's a 3D. Oh man, so I don't know. Like, if you do it right, it can work, but. The jerseys themselves, though, like if you were to take the logo off of those, like those jerseys were pretty awesome looking jerseys. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was yeah, always a big no fan good. of those. The sleeves were nice, the underarms, the, mm-hmm. the bottom trim, they were probably probably one of my favorites, at least from my time growing yeah, they're, up. They're very 90s, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh, 
which is funny because now so many teams are going back to retro, right? Like you have the Sabres who went back to Royal this year. You have the Senators who went back to their early 90s jerseys as well this year. You have a number of teams that are starting to follow that that course. So I'm going to be think, curious to see, see what I happens. Think, I think the Ducks, if the Ducks can incorporate the Wild Wing logo every single year just differently. I would love I love the Wild Wing logo. And I'm, hey, did you see the Stars jerseys? Ugly. You think? Dude, first of all. Dude, okay, so <laughs> if you haven't seen these yet, these are uh I, I, I said this looks like uh a, like a Lasertron birthday party, right? It's like electric, you know, lime green and that's black. where they should and stay. Stay and- at Lasertron, not on the ice. <laughs> We're not playing laser tag in the NHL, man. Maybe at the all-star game. Bro, I want it and I want like I want to score a goal and have like laser lights come down to like like uh, but I thought it was cool just because like the whole jerseys were two colors. It was like just green and black, and that's ugly. it. And it was ugly. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, dude. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be terrible if not like, for an everyday jersey, but like like for an alternate, you know, that you wore on like Sundays or something. Loved it. I feel that like I need nice. to. I need to see it on the ice. Like I need to see it in a game, not in a picture with, you know, a mannequin showing off the jersey. Like I need to see it on the ice skating. I know um I believe NHL twenty one was putting it into the game this year. So maybe be curious to see how it looks. I know it's a video game a little different, but gives you a good idea. And you want to talk about another jersey that came out too. What about the Vegas Golden Knights gold jersey? I don't like that. I think that's ugly no. too. No. It's a little much, but I like I, I think more teams should incorporate like like true golds and so like things that sparkle like the golden knights are always like trying to have sparkly colors man like so many people like our colors are silver it's like no it's just like gray man like right, you know, right. Oh, we're, we're blue and gold that's really just like yellow it's like cornfield yellow or whatever like right the golden knights go for the sparkle and i respect the hell out of it yeah i just feel like the gold is too much i don't know it's we, a lot i, I mean i'm not yeah, gonna lie i just yeah. i like the effort and I believe the helmet is like matching color too, which is kind of an interesting Ooh. way to go. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know how Notre Dame football yeah. helmets are are like have like actual gold in the paint. Yeah, hockey yeah. helmets are that way too, and it looks awesome. I do want to see a team in the NHL at some point. My favorite jerseys in all of hockey, you know, color scheme, logos, all that are the main black bears, bears with the the navy and like the Carolina blue. Best look. Those I want to nice. see some team at some point, which you kind of almost get that with Seattle a little bit. They got some red and, and a little bit different blue, but they're not. Yeah, they're not playing that up enough. I'm like you guys got to incorporate more of this, this Carolina blue in your That's dark jerseys. That's a great take. You know, be awesome looking. One of my favorites. But uh, there's some, some some interesting stuff going on with the NHL. I think they're obviously you know trying to get fans. They did say today that. Uh, um, they are thinking about starting things out, out in like a small bubble almost where teams are traveling and playing 10 to 12 games in a certain city. And you have, you know, X amount of teams in that city for two to three weeks. They then get a week off where they get to go home to their families and then travel to the next city and play another group of teams um, in, in two or three weeks. So that seems to be the plan right now. Obviously the league is going to need fans in the seats or else, they're not going to be making a ton of money because let's face it, they don't have the uh, 
TV scout the the, the the TV sponsorships and all of that, like what the NFL, Major League Baseball, and all of that has, where they can really more for the most part still stay afloat without fans. The NHL is going to need fans at some point in the seats, and I'm curious to see how you're going to do that in an indoor arena as opposed to a uh, an outdoor stadium like 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 what you get with football, um, unless they just do one massive year round. Winter Classic, which I'm okay with. So yeah, like like a like a season long tournament format. So like like there's a series of tournaments. Sounds kind of interesting. I'm also good with them cutting the season down. By the way, I don't need 82 games. I know we talked about baseball last week. Cutting you down just, there. You just got done telling me about TV revenue. Yeah, but I I don't I just don't I I feel like I don't need 82 games. I I'd, I'd be more inclined to watch. I to me hockey, the first. Three months of hockey before the play the before the All Star break, yeah, I'm going to watch it because it's hockey and I want to watch watch sports, but I'm not as invested into it until really after the All Star break when games actually start to matter. Mm-hmm. The first the season's so damn long, doesn't really matter too much until till really your your months in. Yeah, I think that's something honestly football has right that every game matters. And honestly, when you think about playoff hockey, play playoff hockey is maybe maybe basketball is similar, but the playoffs are so much different and so much better than the regular season when the games really matter like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So there, there there's like a, a joke that somebody's somebody's kid asked them. You know, how come? You know, how why don't they play like this all year? And the and the dad like says back to the kid, if they played this hard all year, they would die. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, you know, clearly, clearly exaggerating, but you get the idea. Like you just you can't play all out, but it's so much better to watch. Like football, every game means something. You're full for every game. You don't have to worry about playing it back to back the next night. You're just there for that game. I, that would be w- way more interesting to watch. Right, right. I it, it's a uh, I don't know, but th- that's just my thoughts, man. Shorter seasons are the way to go. Be so much more fun. Football's got it right. You're you're absolutely correct on that. Football now the head on the coffin because one game in a 16 game season could 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 really affect everything. Um, I'd like to see that mean more in in, in other sports as well. Uh, real quick, last thing, Nick, before we go, mm-hmm. we have to at least talk about it because let's face it, Buffalo is going to be a playoff team one way or the other this year uh, in the NFL. So the NFL owners today unanimously approved a contingency plan to expand the playoff field from 14 teams to 16 teams if meaningful games cannot be played due to COVID. Uh, In the event that the league is forced to take such action, it will not reseed the teams. It'd be a straight bracket? Yes. So what are your thoughts on – I I would assume that obviously you're you're doing – you know, eight teams from the AFC, eight teams from the NFC. That's right. I mean, I'm learning of this as you tell it to me. So that's what it sounds like from, are you telling it to me wrong? I mean, that's, that's what no, I'm hearing. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm literally reading you right from the page on NFL.com. Yeah. I mean, as long as it doesn't add any more rounds to the playoffs, like it really doesn't make a difference. I mean, we did talk about the bills do have, a shot at the number one seed, which would give them a buy. 
And a buy is so, so, like, cannot be overstated how huge it is to get a buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be super sucky if uh, the Bills got the number one seed and then didn't get the buy. But other yeah. than that, uh, screw it. Yeah, let's, let's give no one a buy. If there's a team that's better than the Bills um, or, or seated higher than the Bills, yeah, don't give them a buy. Make them <laughs> make them play somebody. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I mean, I hope no. I hope no games get canceled because of COVID. That would mean something really bad has happened. But if you're like purely trying to w- will the Bills to a Super Bowl, like you don't want other teams getting a buy. No. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, this is really just um, you know, sounds like they're really just trying to avoid that Week 18 if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll come out as it's it's really the third option if the league cannot complete their 256 game season. So, um, the the I guess option two at that point is a week 18. So, we'll see what happens. I I'm 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 for it. I mean, more playoff football is always fun, but we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, no games do get canceled, at least meaningful games. You know, if the Jets. And 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 a Jets Jaguars game, for example. Well, you're Tampa. talking about the number number one pick being on the line. That's true. I, I guess you're at that point too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, no matter what, though, there's always a draft pick on the line, one way or the other. But let's face it, the Jaguars at least have two wins. The Jets have zero. Is that game really that is that that game that important? I don't think so. I don't know. That that that, I, that is one to me that I'm just not jumping at the bit to reschedule to Week 18 if I need to. Um, but with all of that said, man, another great show. I have to give a quick tip of the cap to Alex Smith. Shout out to him through his first TD since completely destroying his leg. Um, looked really good through for 300 yards. Looks like he's a starter going forward in Washington for the football team. So, uh, shout out to Alex Smith, tip of the cap to you, sir. Glad to see you back on the field. I will definitely be watching uh, a lot more uh, Washington football uh, in the coming weeks because of Alex Smith. So um, awesome to see him back. But, Nick, thank you for doing this. Great show. Uh, Guys, remember to like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick at Nick Veronica on Twitter. You can follow me at childwit68. As always, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. Continue to send in all your questions, comments, concerns. We want to hear it all. Reach out to us. Um, Hey, and remember, go Bills. And remember to always trust the process.